Dr. Pete Economo, the East Coast Psychologist. And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin, the West Coast Psychologist. And this is When East Meets West. So I think everybody is probably pretty familiar with the experience of self-criticism, unfortunately. Would you agree with that, Pete? No, I don't ever criticize myself. <laughs> never, never. I've never heard you say anything. Yeah, no, we are we we, we are all <laughs> yeah. critical. We're all critical. Well, I We're think all... a lot of us are our worst enemy, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and you know what always really makes me sad is that a lot of times people believe that this critical voice that we all have is helpful. I've yeah. heard, I hear that from patients a lot. Like, oh, I don't want to so let say go more of about that. that. What would you say? Like, how do they find it to be helpful? Well, so so I guess I'll start by saying you know a common phrase that's used when referring to self-criticism is the inner critic. You yes. know, if you Google the inner critic, there's a, there's a lot of writing about that. Mm-hmm. And every, and I also want to say everybody has an inner critic. So, yes. you know, Pete and I are, you know, joking here. Uh, he never, we, we all have it. Mm-hmm. I have it. Uh, Pete has it. Everybody does. And a lot of times people believe that when they're hard on themselves, they judge themselves negatively, that it like gets them on their A game, their A game yeah. basically, like it gets them to do things. Yeah. And and the unfortunate kernel of truth in that is that for some people in the short term, it does get them to do things. It's kind of, you know, I'm, I'm going to use a sports metaphor here that I'm sure Pete, yes. <laughs> Pete, you know, that, uh, Pete would probably use as well, which is like, think of if you ever like had a coach or a, a teacher who, you know, the teacher that like yelled at you or the coach that was shouting at you, you probably complied in the yes. short term, right? You probably complied. But if you can think back to Pete coaches, you've had like that, what's, What's the long? What are the long-term consequences of of having that voice in your ear all the time? Doesn't feel good. Well, and I think like CBT. I think we look at that as depression as a big piece of it, right? Like I was thinking of Aaron Beck, and I think a lot of his research initially, like in the early '80s, looked at like self-dependency and this autonomy um, related to like these negative thoughts and the self-critic as part of depression. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm you can articulate that a lot better than I. <laughs> no, I was gonna say I, I actually not I been so long uh some <laughs> d- dove into Aaron Beck story that second wave stuff but yeah. uh but yeah no I mean absolutely that uh like negative negative self-talk was yeah. sort of um some there was a lot of early research around that and and how that was tied uh to feeling depressed which which makes sense right yeah. like the 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 more uh unkind or even cruel you are to yourself right. uh, you're gonna feel down so so kind of going back to thinking about coaches you had that were yeah. well it makes you feel you. like you're deficient yeah. You know, like that you're missing something or that, you know, you haven't done something you're supposed to be doing or, you know, yeah. it's not good enough to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what's so interesting is that if you think about that, so like if, if being hard on yourself or on others in the short term, quote unquote works, like it's yeah. getting you or someone else to comply, it's, it's very short sighted because ultimately the problem, you know, what Pete's highlighting is that you feel deficient, like you don't feel good enough. You're also going to have a lot of um, emotional distress, right? Like you're going to yeah. feel down. You're going to feel sometimes shame, right? right, right. Um, maybe guilt, anxiety, you know, about like doing it right. We know that when our emotions get bigger and bigger, the term being dysregulated, dysregulate, mm-hmm. emotion dysregulation interrupts cognitive processing. It sure right? does. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, if we're then feeling like all of these uncomfortable dysregulated emotions and then we get foggy in how we think, it's actually a lot harder to then keep doing behavior effectively. Yeah. So, and I, I, one of the things I keep thinking about is the, the developmental aspect of this because mm. I think, you know, I don't typically go into a 
extensive developmental process. I mean, mm -hmm. I do. I mean, the first yeah, session did, is yeah. all about everything. Yep. But then I, typically in cognitive behavioral therapy, especially third wave, we're just like, let's deal with what we have now and work towards acceptance. Um, but I am wondering, like, developmentally, like, I think the self-critic does kind of develop from mm -hmm. some of the messages we receive from a really early age. Because uh, I think of like my, I always, my mom, my mom has three boys. And so we, 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 uh, we mess with her. She's got, <laughs> <laughs> she's got some tough skin these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I joke with her and I'm just like, oh, mom, you're always really good with the, with the, uh, oh my God, with the compliments, you know? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Or yes. some validation or yes. you know, some recognition of, because that, because those, those moments do help taper the self-critic or at least you start to learn a better relationship with the self-critic the more you're getting validation maybe from a developmental prospect yeah that it, absolutely so you know if you have you know yes yeah, so growing up if you have uh caregivers you know other adults in your life that are able to step in and say like you're, you're you know that's you're okay you're allowed to struggle like right. making mistakes is okay right that that ha does help to then in uh, begin to more internalize that more compassionate voice yeah. to practice that, right? Unfortunately, and this is the bummer, it's not going to eliminate that inner critic voice. No, right. You know, because that, and, and this is, you know, it's getting into kind of geeky, um, you know, evolutionary stuff here, judgments. Um, th that voice yeah. is hardwired into us, right? Yes. So yeah. human brains are designed to evaluate. Like we're constantly evaluating what's good, what's bad, you know, yeah. what's right, what's wrong. And, and look, the the advantage to that is that, you know, judgments are quick information, you know, are, it's like yeah. I say, like, I always tell patients, like, look, for, you know, I love to travel back in time 40,000 years, you know, ago, if you're like out looking for berries and there's a rustling in the bushes and you don't know what it is and you're like, quick assumption, quick judgment, probably a saber-toothed tiger, like, that was really helpful, you yeah, know, but out. then like, yeah, in, you know, 2020 when we're recording this, if you're, you know, uh, I don't know, doing a podcast with your dear friend and your mind's like, I don't know. Did I just say something yeah. weird? Who's did listening? Come, who's listening? I sound stupid. <laughs> I sound stupid. Yeah. Right. You know, like that quick assumption like doesn't work so well. Yeah. Right. And so people do need to understand that this is, this is built into our wiring and we don't, we don't have to give it as much power as it often, um, as it often has over us. And, and I think, Maybe for people with that are listening with kids, I mean, I think this is where I focus on my nieces, and I think like I have such the shrink language, you know, yeah. because I, I, you know, not every parent is able to be like, I can see that you're really frustrated right now, and so I can't help you when you're screaming. So if you can calm down a little bit and use your words, mm -hmm. I'm going to be able to help help you find your Mickey Mouse or that you can't, yes. find, you uh, know. Yeah. Um, and I think that I, I do wish that I don't wish this actually. Well, I, mean, I think my parents did perfect, but like, you know, it could have been nice to have a little bit of that, you know, growing up. Uh, just throwing that out there. Well, <laughs> <laughs> mom, if you're listening, uh, oh, she yeah, she, <laughs> she's listening to all of them. So <laughs> I just put on her phone. So she, yeah. <laughs> so, well, well, and that, I like actually that example of like, it would be a bit, it's nice to have like, again, so if a parent's saying to a child, like, it's okay. Like if we can, you know, Take a moment when you're, I hear you're screaming, right? Can we come back to this? We can actually talk to our inner critic in the same way, right. you know? So I always like to sort of um, help people externalize the inner critic, right? Yeah. So sometimes I make a, I make a oh, joke. Yeah, that's I'll, good. Yeah, I'll say like, you know, do you, I'll ask people like, do you hear your inner critic like in your own voice? And yeah. most people will be like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, I want you, it's not you talking. 
That's it's right. this, it's critic. It's this inner critic. Use? Well, well, so this is what I, first I say, <laughs> first I like to say, um, it's actually your inner critic and we're going to come and I'll say like, we'll come up with like some kind of like cartoon or something. You want to imagine who it is? I can't wait to tell you who I use. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> so I'll say, but right now they're wearing, like if I was talking to you, Pete, I'd be like, well, your inner critic's wearing like a Pete shaped costume and using one of those voice converters to make them sound like you. Hiding. So like <laughs> hiding, right. So we've yeah. got to like first help, like take the mask off and go like, oh, okay, buddy. Like, like yeah. I see who you are. So who do you use? Who do you I use? I use Homer Simpson. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's <laughs> because amazing. I feel like almost everybody knows Homer yes. Simpson is these days. Yes. And it, it, you know, that's the cog- it's a diffusion technique. Yeah, it me. is a diffusion. Yeah. So yeah. diffusion for our listeners um, is a term. Cognitive diffusion is basically unsticking from thoughts, right? So yes. you get some distance, some mindfulness technique. Uh, <laughs> I use. Uh, I tend to use Mickey Mouse. <laughs> that's a good one too. Yeah. That's a, well, cause, cause that's, it's one that's of the voices what? I can do. It's one of the few voices. No, you can't. I can do. Oh yeah, I go Will like. You? Oh sure, yeah. It's, I'll be like so. So if if your inner critic was saying to you, "That's stupid," it's yeah, like, that's stupid. <laughs> that's so I can't do well, Homer Simpson, so don't ask well, me. Well, you could say don't, right? Don't, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, everyone's like, "Oh, please don't, please." <laughs> that's but the extent it, of my voice work. Yeah. Well, I like your voice work, but I think it's, you know, I like that you said about the A game because it's interesting that I think a lot of athletes kind of do think that. And I remember, you know, you'd the self-critic during, during, a, uh, during a race, uh, during practice, oh, yeah. um, you know, even as I just took on this new project of, can I do this? You know, like uh, it, it's, it's everywhere. It's you know? everywhere. It's yeah. everywhere. And so we have to just start by radically accepting that it is it is a voice that's going to show up. It's a part of our brains. Like it's that the inner critic lives in our brains. We can't surgically remove it. Mm-hmm. And we get to choose the relationship that we have with it. We can choose to interact with it in a different way. Yeah. And, you know, this is where self-compassion comes in. And obviously we talked about self-compassion in episode eight when we discussed compassion in general. So, you know, for listeners that are interested in, in learning more, you know, the work of Kristen Neff, uh, Dr. Oh, yep. Kristen Neff, you know, she's... Uh, currently in the field, you know, kind of like the preeminent researcher on self-compassion. I think we mentioned also Christopher Germer, um, Paul Gilbert's compassion in general. Uh, But self-compassion is a behavior of, as Kristen Neff defines it, that includes uh, speaking to yourself in a kind way, right? Uh, Radically accepting that you made a mistake or something happened you didn't like, and then recognizing a common humanity that we're, you know, that we're all struggling. And I think the common humanity piece here too is recognizing we all are criticizing ourselves. We're all, everybody, we're all stuck in that. Sometimes I'll say like Shakira, uh, like how do you think she feels when she's getting on stage? You know, even the most confident person will have, and I don't know her personally, which I did. I was the same. I was there. (laughs) We're the same height. So. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> but, you know, I love that. Yeah. knowing high performers and having worked with, you know, a, yeah. a variety of very successful people, they all have it. You know, World, uh, yes. World Series, the NBA Finals, everyone's going to have a thought of like, can I do this? Am I going to win? Right. And so you get to choose whether or not you, you know, kind That's of right. I'll say like give, give it the stage, right? Or take, yeah. the, or take the microphone away, right? Like, and, yeah. and we don't like rip the microphone out of its hands, right? Like. Yeah. We can't like fight the inner critic with like more criticism, no. you know? So it's like, we're not going to like get into a shouting match. So it's like speak. I, I, I sometimes I also like to imagine is like, you know, everybody's gone to a wedding where there's like some, like, I don't know, like distant <laughs> <laughs> cousin or uncle who's like, you know, was talking too long during the yeah. speech and saying some inappropriate stuff, but you yeah. know, they're not a bad guy or whatever. And so it's like, I say like, 
treat the inner critic that way where it's like, oh, okay, like kindness. All right. And just gently reach over and take the microphone away, (laughs) right? You're just going to gently reach over and like refocus back on the moment. And so no matter how loud it's yelling at you, you know, and, and that's, it's hard, you know, sometimes our inner critics really loud. I mean, haven't you had that experience where it's like so loud? Can I throw us a curveball? Yeah. Throw us a curveball. Because I don't treat eating disorders, but I guess what I've been wondering is like the body dysmorphia and there's going to be someone listening that has struggled with how they look because we all do. And we know that that's one of the major issues of eating disorders. There's a ton of research that shows that when they have the conceptualization of their body, it's completely distorted. Yeah, and well, and I would say I, I also don't uh, I also don't treat eating disorders or specialize in them. And this is where you know we're down the line we're going to have uh, Dr. Danielle Ke- Dr. Danielle Keenan Miller is going to um, come talk yes. to, to come talk to us about this. Uh, yeah. she's excellent. Um, but yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's that is one version of the inner critic, right? Can right. be on uh, on on body image. And and to to be frank, and I this this does come up frequently in yeah. in my work even if you don't struggle with an eating disorder, we all have negative body image thoughts, right? That's like right. that, that this just comes back to like, this is hardwired. Into is there anyone us. who doesn't? No, no, no. I mean, I don't think so. Cause there's the, the, I mean, the inner critic is constantly evaluating. That's Cause the even thing. the people that are on like social media, so we could bring that up because yeah. social media is probably fostering the negativity around the self critic. Honestly, it's actually giving, wait, Social oh. media is probably turning up the volume of the of the self critic. Oh, I'm sure it is because you know what? Yeah. This is also important to say because the inner critic is tied to perfectionism a lot of times, and social yeah. media is. And I say this all the time. Pete knows this. Uh, have a lot of opinions on social media, um, <laughs> and others. And there's very helpful things about it, and there are also very unhelpful things. The very unhelpful things is that it's it's a cultivated fantasy yeah. that that people are presenting to the world, and so when you look at a glossy picture that says, you know, everything's amazing and wonderful, that's going to activate the inner critic. Like, well, I don't, my life's not like that. I'm you messing see that up. You a lot I, with like new moms where they're yes, like, you know, oh, all the they time. feel depressed or they're sleep deprived yes. and they're like, they, they hate their new child yes. and they feel the self-critic goes crazy of like, how do I not feel this joy? And it's like, because you're that's, not, you're not sleeping. That's right. That's <laughs> right. And, no, absolutely. And, and that's actually one of the first things I'll recommend to people is like, you know, get off social media because yes. the inner critic's going to be there anyway. Like, take a break from social media because yes. we, we don't need we don't need extra things to to turn the volume. <laughs> Peter shows already, up. Yeah, yeah. We're, we we're, don't need we're, help. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't need help with that. So, you know, I think it's important to to actually. This is, you know, it might sound funny, but it's like we have to be compassionate to the inner critic. We well, you said it. compassion. What else? What else are other strategies you feel like you that help the to lower the volume on this on the self critic? I mean, obviously, I mean, self-compassion really is the main one, but I yeah. think that can be, it's a, it's a hard to call, you know, self-compassion is not, a, it's not an easy behavior, right? It no. takes time, especially if the inner critic's really loud. Right. So this is a part of self-compassion. I, I start with mindfulness. You know, I start with the, diff, the diffusion techniques that you're talking about. Like, can we just get a little space from these sticky, loud, right. mean thoughts, right? Like, so, you know, if, if it's like super loud in your ear, it's like, well, can you just notice like that that's a thought and right. and refocus back on the moment? That's is that helpful. what you do? Is that what you do as well? Yeah, or? definitely. The mindfulness yeah. piece of it. I think, uh, you know, social media, I, I use the screen time a lot with folks now mm-hmm. uh, just to really limit their use because, and, and it usually blows their mind because if it, a lot of us don't look at the screen time. Oh, well, yeah. well now it, now it, on, if you have an iPhone, it alerts you. Well, but you could shut that off and I have a lot of times oh. I shut it off and, um, you know, I think when you actually see those numbers, it is it, the amount of time. It's aversive. We, it, it's aversive. <laughs> it's aversive. <laughs> so yeah. I, thank you. 
<laughs> Beha yeah. little behavioral term here. Yeah, aversive yeah, that meaning that it count it's it it doesn't reinforce it, it it eliminates the the behavior. Well, it's it's punishing. It's punishing. It's punishing it's pun the behavior to reduce it so that you know as you see this these hours going up, you're likely to, to to at least commit to trying to make them go down. So that's probably one of the biggest strategies that I've used. And then you know I think. Um, we do that a lot of just like letting clouds float in the sky, uh, the yeah. thoughts float on a cloud in the sky. It's a big part of the Zen world too. Kind of thinking yeah. about how Buddhism looks at this. That it's not even a thing. It's just like you just accept that the self-critic is there and then we commit towards trying to like build a relationship with it. And that's just part of our suffering. Right. Absolutely. And, and that uh, part of like interacting with it in a different way, you know, like that's like, you know, building a relationship with it. I think what I would want listeners to really maybe start with is understanding that, and people sometimes are surprised I say this, the inner critic actually thinks it's helping you yeah. a lot of times, right? Because if we go back to this notion of like, it's going to get you on your A game, yeah. it, you know, it, it thinks that if it's hard on you, that it's going to help you do better and be better. I'm going to make so, you tougher. Yeah, I'm going to make you tougher. And and sometimes it also even comes from a place of fear. Like it's afraid. Like if I mess up, yeah. right? If I don't do it right, if I'm not perfect, then, you know, I'm going to be shamed or I'm going to get in trouble or I'm not going to be successful. So if we can actually start by understanding that the inner critic, you know, in its extremely um, unhelpful and misinformed way is is trying to help us, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that can bring some more compassion to it so that we're not, like I said, shouting back at it. It's kind of, back, again, back to like, you know, the uncle that's going on too long at the <laughs> wedding where you're like, oh, like he means well, right? Yeah. And that's not appropriate. I'm just going to gently take the mic away. And maybe practicing, that's also like a little bit of gratitude could be sprinkled in there where, again, that's one of those challenges that we're mm. embracing and saying like, you know what? I'm okay with my self-critic and I'm not going to give that self-critic too much volume. Yeah, you're you're gonna notice that's there. You're gonna notice that the the, the volume is always gonna be turned on, right? <laughs> that 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 dial is broken, right? You can't just you can't mute it. Yeah. And you can learn to turn the volume down and, and take the mic away. This has been when East meets West. I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin, and I'm Dr. Pete Economo. Be present. Be brave. This has been When East Meets West. All material is based on opinion and educational training of Drs. Pete Economo and Nikki Rubin. Content is for informational and educational purposes only.